tonight, we'll be talking about everyone's favorite MTV show. Not Jackass. No, not Viva La Bam or even Pimp My Ride. No, it's the versatile reality competition series, The Challenge, right here on Game Shows, I suppose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that knows something about game shows. I suppose I'm your host, Jordan Haas. We have a fantastic episode today. The inquisitive dick himself, Brandon, is going to stop by. Uh, goes by all sorts of aliases. Benjamin Turdsman III, for instance. But if you are a big fan of social discasting, one of the newest, greatest podcasts to come out of quarantine, you will love today's episode as we talk about one of the most versatile game show formats that has its own cult audience and is something that game show audiences should probably give like a second chance at because it is a fantastic show. We are, of course, talking about MTV's The Challenge. But before we can get to that, we got to get through... Yeah, it's the news. All right, news segment. There's no news, I just realized. Uh, so uh, yesterday was uh, the quarantine classic Hollywood Game Night Edition played at home. Uh, some people were liking it, some people didn't like it. I saw it like two hours ago. I think it was fine. I, I it, It's... There's st- I still dislike the fact that, you know, there's no civilian play, and I think that's always what my big gripe is whenever Hollywood Game Night does a special. It's always celebrities with celebrities with celebrities. And to me, I like I, I think celebrities are fine as contestants, but I, I, to me, it's like Hollywood Game Night with just Hollywood celebrities, it's just kind of just like, okay, so you're just watch the celebrities do the things. You'll never get to amount to that. When it was kind of like one of the storylines of Hollywood Game Night was civilians enter the home of Jane Lynch and they meet the celebrities and they have a fun time playing games. That that, that always gets removed. Now, it was for charity. It was for Red Nose Day. Good time in the middle of COVID-19 to do a Red Nose Day special. But it's also a COVID special, I think, too. Because it did bring it up. And the games were very fun. The, the the games were still fun played at home charades done on a webcam and it, it to me when i saw it i was not really excited i still felt like uh this isn't really fun to me but given the circumstances of what we have right now in terms of game shows this was fun i was fine fine to see this i wasn't like fully disappointed it was just exactly like how I expected like modern game shows to be. So heads up, uh, depending on what you like about Hollywood Game Night, that's probably going to be the future of game shows for the foreseeable future until they can get back into studios and produce. 
Uh, so a lot of guessing games, a lot of what's the word, a lot of what's the movie, what's the TV show, who was the actor. Um, that is kind of the uh, the fun of it. And it was still funny. It's still Hollywood game night. Jane Lynch was still a great host. But it was clear that everyone there still had that weird awkwardness <laughs> to come to a quarantine game show. Because you can't have that physical sense of what to do and what's right, what's not right. Uh, and plus, probably the internet delays, considering where people live. But, you know, it was fine. I actually recommend you watch this Hollywood Game Night special. It's not the best episode. It's still Hollywood Game Night. The celebrities do celebrity stuff. But it's fine. It's still enjoyable to me. Uh, so let's get uh, straight to some of the news. Uh, first, uh, I think we did this last week, the Game Face, right? We talked about Game Face. Uh, well, I guess I'll repeat the news. Why not? Uh, Nickelodeon has a brand new game show coming soon called Game Face. Celebrities, true identities are hidden behind an animated filter and voice changer, and a star stud panel is given wacky clues and competes to decipher the mystery guest. Viewers can participate by downloading the show's filters and to transform them into the same characters as their favorite celebs. So basically, what if the Snapchat filter and voice thing as a game show? A uh, host will be announced at a later date. It will promote. It'll be remote production this month, uh, slated June thirteenth. So I, I'm actually I'm going to put that now in the chart. The June thirteenth is Game Face. Uh, to me, I kind of like that. It's kind of like the what's the celebrity game from what's my line but for kids and it's silly so i mean i'm on board with that so i i mean good on nickelodeon for trying something in this time so june 13th 2020 uh at 8 30 because of course they would do that game face uh, Nick, uh, I'm going to guess I'll probably pick uh, Jeff at, at the bare minimum, but who is to say? I like the idea of like this, the all that cast trying to figure out Dwayne Johnson based on... That, that, that to me sounds very funny. And to me, if you can't do a figure it out revival, which we just talked about... This could be the secondary thing. This is like a What's My Line game played with fun. And it'll be silly and goofy that I'm on board. There's also a new show coming May 23rd called Group Chat The Show uh, featuring Haley LeBlanc with fan favorite stars as they talk about hot trend topics of the week and what kids are currently discussing across social media, play games, and compete in challenges via a group chat. So I think that's kind of a, also a fun kind of show as well for kids. Like Nickelodeon has announced two innovative non-scripted shows. One's kind of looks like it's going to be their take on The View, uh, but probably a sillier version. And the other one looks like a What's My Line guest a celebrity game show that I can't wait to watch because all I can think of is just like, here is Adam Scott with like a big pizza face and then like a big like mask singer blurred voice um, or Jack Black or or I don't know. So some other famous funny man, Chris Pratt, because all they have to be on there is like for what, 30 minutes or so for the call. They'll do it. It, it looks like a fun. Um, so uh, next in the world of news. 
Fox, uh, they announced their renewals. Uh, season three finale of Masked Singer is May 20th. But don't worry, if you love Masked Singer, they're going to film season four soon. As soon as they get the announcement, they can actually go back to the studio. Uh, so, uh, it, it's a fascinating format. Uh, Fox is kind of in a standstill when it comes to their shows. They made an announcement, according to Deadline, uh, that they're going to try a fall premiere of The Masked Singer. They're going to try a season two of Lego Masters. But a lot of other shows that they've put in the works are still kind of hiccuped. Hell's Kitchen, uh, Ma- uh, MasterChef. Uh, for me, what happened to Mental Samurai? The one they're airing right now is just season one repeated. Uh, they had that whole season two new rules set up, and I was really excited. And it sounds to me like, we're no, we're no, we're not doing that anymore. And I feel a little gutted. I want more Mental Samurai, and I'm guessing they're gonna wait to see how Ultimate Tag does before they announce a season two pickup on that. Um, that just seems like uh, here we go. Something tells me a uh, labor of love might not get a, a pickup. Uh, next, uh, Let's Make a Deal is getting a special with Let's Make a Deal at Home uh, for, front, for uh, frontline workers. So they're dedicating a whole show. Um, so apparently uh, they want doctors, nurses, paramedics, delivery drivers, nursing home attendants, any individual out there providing care, safety, and services – uh, all you gotta do is submit a video to LMAD at home. That's AT home. And then the at, at gmail.com. Uh, so basically, it's the quickie deals brought on as like a fun, let's chat with the people uh, version of CBS. So, if, hey, if you wanna just like waste a few moments of your time, uh, maybe win an Amazon gift card or another small prize, give it a try. You never know. Um, and now we'll conclude with, because I was sandwiched this episode, uh, celebrities. Now, Hollywood Game Night Quarantine Edition it wasn't really the best episode, but it was an episode. It does show us what celebrities doing stuff is going to be about. Recently, I saw a Celebrity Watch Along. Yeah. Why did I watch that? I still don't know. But uh, to me, that that's kind of where we're at now with the world of technology, the world of media, the world of everything. Think Quibi and all that billions of dollars they lost. What people are expect, what the Hollywood industry is expecting you to want to watch is celebrities doing things. Because of the Masked Singer, they see celebrities doing things and they go, oh, that's the future. We should have celebrities doing things unaware the appeal of celebrities doing things was not celebrities doing things it's that an actor a comedian an athlete can actually beat a grammy winning performer in a singing show that's the appeal and you don't know who it is so there's guessing games associated with it so it's a multi-part game show celebrities doing things is not the appeal so when i saw celebrity watch along i thought that was so fucking boring and i quickly fell asleep I am not kidding. A TV show put me to sleep, and it was called Celebrity Watch Along. I didn't change the channel. I watched it, and I fell asleep. It's bad. It is not a good show. Celebrities doing things should not be the future of entertainment. I'm sorry to any agents who want to book their 
like actors and and friends to do stuff to 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 raise money or, or plug their podcast or whatever because it's not working on Quibi. It didn't work on Fox. Every single time I'm seeing celebrities doing things on Ellen or or on Lifetime or on Andy Cohen show, I or or with Kimmel or with Fallon, I just kind of like like just melt down and go, "This is just terrible." I don't want to see people sing along with, with James Corden doing the carpool karaoke. I guess that's a big thing, like Hot Ones celebrities in Hot Wings. Sure. It's just to me, like now I have just been fizzled out of celebrities doing things. And I just, I just melt down to the point of it's like, I don't want to watch anything. Seeing celebrities doing things, I now want to just go, no, thank you. Until I saw a promo during Hollywood game night uh, yesterday. There was a promo for Celebrity Escape Room. We talked about Celebrity Escape Room uh, months ago with Jack Black basically playing like a maze master and four celebrities. I think Adam Scott's one of them and Ben Stiller. Got to go through a wacky escape room uh, puzzle in an hour. Basically, here's Celebrity doing thing because Celebrity is doing things. But the strangest thing is it's an escape room and it seems like they're actually taking it a little bit more seriously than other... Uh, celebrities doing things shows that I saw the promo and even though Jack Black's playing like a characterized version of himself and it is for charity it's for Red Nose Day I actually am kind of intrigued by the show enough to want to watch it most of these celebrities doing things shows I'm not kidding it is like acid to me it's like no no we're good I don't want to hear celebrities in a game show pitch now it's gone to that bad so for this this weird show called Celebrity Escape Room, it actually caught my eye to the point of I want to watch this. So whoever's behind Celebrity Escape Room, uh, just for this alone, just for the promo of your show alone, you should be applauding yourself because to me, I am getting sick of celebrities doing shit. Please stop celebrities doing shit as any form of TV show. I don't want to watch I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out Here. I don't want to watch Celebrity Big Brother. I don't want to watch the Surreal Life reboot. I don't want to watch any of that. I want to see a fucking innovative game show. If you're going to have celebrities, fine. But give me something to like get intrigued by other than, oh, hey, remember that person from that one TV show? They're here. I don't want that. I want something fascinating to watch. And it sounds to me like... The lowest common denominator is just, hey, can we book the one stand-up comedian to do a dancing show? So then you watch the funny dance show on the E. It's it's just not exciting for me to watch. When I hear a lot of these celebrity shows, I now just go, ugh. So seeing Celebrity Escape Room, instead of going, ugh, I'm going, what? This is cool. This looks great. I love it. I'm going to watch it. Please do not fuck this up. Please. Uh, please don't fuck up Celebrity Escape Room. I want to enjoy this show. It, it, a promo actually got me to want to watch something. Go figure. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go watch. Let's go watch. Let's go talk about today's episode.
usually I kind of have like a pre-written thing for for the challenge and, and, and the introduction to the show. But I got me wondering here is like, you know, like how like a lot of people were upset about Cartoon Network when I did like game shows like like Brain Rush and Hole in the Wall. And it's like, well, no, it's a Cartoon Network. I want cartoon. And yet MTV, like since like the 90s has been like doing live action stuff like like there was Beavis and Butthead. And then there was like other game shows like 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 Remote Control, uh, Trash, Idiots of Vons web riot and they played music videos but it was majority is just these like weird documentary shows like mtv's fear which was a game show uh and then in like the peak of the early 90s were two shows that i vaguely vividly remember here one was the real world a a touchstone of reality uh television because it's a documentary series about strangers living in a house who have pretty much nothing in common and they're all in their early 20s so we put the cameras on them and they basically talk it out and we record and sometimes it's political sometimes it's just on who they are personality wise uh what what's going on in their lives outside of the show like i have a boyfriend but i don't trust them and it's like this strange show that began reality television even though you know can talk about the 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 pioneer house and, and all these other pbs style shows but reality television was the real world and i still feel like it still is it's still on the air to this day the real world uh people still audition to be on the real world um and it's a fascinating format and every so often, I wonder, like, because I always had that criteria of what's a game show? Is is this a game show? Is this a game show? And I can't say the real world's a game show. It's a documentary series. It's a documentary. Sometimes it's fabricated, sometimes it's... Bu- but it's a documentary show. And each episode, there's always a storyline arc. What's the big issue? What are they going to deal with? But on the other hand, the sister show to the real world road rules is a game show because they have to go through challenges to earn money as they go across a a country doing like a road trip. And when they decided to do the real world road rules challenge to merge the two shows up, that was kind of like reality television's answer to the Avengers. That was reality television's answer to the Justice League, where it's you have the best show here and the best show there. How can we put the two together? And they came up with the challenge. They came up with the Real World Road Rules Challenge. And it was this strange, like limited show thing. And then it became this yearly show, this yearly event where it became things like the Inferno, and it became things like Rivals, and Battle of the Sexes, and all these other strange ways to deal with a basic, versatile format. But as the sh- but unlike other reality shows, where you know you 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 see like season twenty eight or twenty nine of like a game show, and you're like just like put us out of its misery. It's just playing by the numbers now it doesn't care anymore at least to me i say it with a few shows the challenge is like inverse it is 
yeah, the early shows actually kind of suck. It's when you see the newer versions, it's actually better. And you're just like fascinated and in awe and going, whoa, can't believe this. Whoa, I can't believe that. And it's mesmerizing, this show. And I got to tell you, the challenge is one of the most innovative game show formats because it is this hallmark of reality television that a lot of people don't really remember. Because when you think the challenge, a lot either you're you're an older person, you just think Real World Royals Challenge, or you're younger and you know the challenge as this like fourth kind of TV show where it's kind of like the best of all these shows compete against each other. And the fandom of the show, because I had to do a lot of research, uh, is just friendly. Like I am shocked how friendly the fandom is for the challenge. I actually thought it would be like toxic sickening no they like like they can tell you like i remember this elimination challenge and this happened and oh when that person formed the alliance i knew it was over for and it was just it's just like so fun and i was just like lurking and just going this is great so when it comes to the challenge uh all i can say is give this show a chance and it is this iconic game show where it is the next step in reality competition but not only that but in the grand scheme of it it also is another bullet point in that of reality television with the real world with documentary road rules for a game show competition show this is the merger of those two formats and you get something that now is kind of replicated on almost any other show. When Survivor brings in the best of's, when Big Brother does an all-star, when RuPaul does all-stars, when there's a Top Chef all-stars, when there's an all-star season, you're just doing the challenge. When you're doing I Love Money, which we did, you're just doing the challenge. So all roads lead to this show. This is one of those iconic game shows, and a lot of people in my community ignore it they don't even see it as a game show but to me it's just a game show the only difference is it's not filmed in a studio it's filmed outside somewhere usually in mexico and you have all of these competitors who are from other game shows that's it and i enjoy it and i hope you enjoy it too as we take a look at the iconic mtv's the challenge now let's turn the table With me on the line is the inquisitive Dick himself, Benjamin Turdsman III. <laughs> that is me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. I, I This is one of those rare episodes, folks, where we have both been up for a very long 24-plus hours, sleepy time. Oh. Yeah, I am losing my mind a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about our particular subject, because I'm a, I'm a huge, truly long-time fan. No problem. I did not know people are fans of a podcast about game shows, but now here we are. But this is a, a game show that has its own cult audience. And that was something I, when I was researching the show, I forgot that it's like, no, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. Th- uh, you know, the, the challenge 
I don't. Am I going? Am I formally real world road rules challenge? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's the uh, incarnations are pretty incredible, and yeah, you know, like um, started with just getting people from real world, real world, and road rules, and then that started out with like the original cast, and then they recycled those, and then you started taking people from kind of like uh, one or two people from each of the new seasons, taking that out, and it just became this rotation of you know, quote unquote, veterans and rookies and they stack Fresh those up and then they yeah exactly then they have like vendettas and they have uh the war of the world you know they have all these crazy incarnations over the course of 35 seasons which is insane you would think by the way this is like something that started out in like i would say like the late 90s <laughs> with the road rule challenge yeah. and when it first started it was like a one-off special with like the road rules team and that was one of their challenges uh, if you've never seen Road Rules before, it's a game show, by the way. Uh, a team of strangers had to basically drive around the United States in a Winnebago doing stupid Amazing Race challenges for money. And one of them was beat the Road Rules cast, beat the real world cast in this challenge game. And that and became ultimately a cool spinoff to the point of they fucking canceled the fucking Road Rules. <laughs> no, it's wild, too. Yeah, to your point of like... Um, so, yeah, I just looked it up, too. I was curious. 98... Is when it started, so it's thirty-five seasons over the course of twenty-two years. Gotta think about this. There are people who weren't born before the show started, and there are people who this is now like in their. I would say a third generation real world road rules challenge. Truly, and what's wild though is that like it is more. Po- it's truly more popular than ever. Like it is really popular right now. I mean, as much as started, like it was like a show like dorky yeah. people, and it was like Sean yes. White, and then it, it slowly, I think it found its niche, and I think this is where it actually took off. T.J. Lavin. Yeah, I think he, um, cause, you know, yeah, you, to your point, you know, he had that, and Johnny Mosley was one, and his like hosting style was a mix of I'm really not good at this, but I'm also really smug, and that didn't Johnny play Mosley very well. Famous for Mad Tricks. What if it snowed yeah. in San Francisco? <laughs> Yeah, and like the funny thing is though that like TJ Lavin has never in his life been known as a guy who's particularly, you know, gregarious or or even like in any way really outward. But he does just enough and he's and he really kind of found a niche in it over all these years. I don't remember how long he's hosted, but it's been it's been quite a while. He started since season eleven. Wow. Oh, I had no I didn't know it was that long. I mean, yeah, it's he's you know, he does exactly what he needs to do. But remember, Honestly. early on, it was like this was like the punked era TJ Lavin. So this is like he's having like the lip piercing, the shaggy hair, looking like Billy Joe Armstrong in Green Day. I forgot. I forgot he had an emo element to him. And then as a younger as, man, and now he just looks like you know tough as nails dad. Like yo, I'm sick of all these complaining fools. Sick of all you cowards not t- stepping up to the play. <laughs> I know it's it is amazing though the way that like. Some weird like BMX dad. He is like really annoyed by it, and and I also like the fact that he always says stuff like, "You know, last season you guys had it easy, so I made this challenge harder or whatever." And then you're like, "Yeah, yeah, man, we know exactly what you did," which was you went back home to Vegas, you came back to whatever location. In this case, in this season, they're in Copenhagen, and in this and all he does is. He brings all of his own branded T-shirts, and that's all he wears. So everybody just sees like whatever 
website.com you know that he has it used to be fox so, brand and then it just yeah yeah to, like <laughs> at one point he had the what was it the the i was gonna say van housen but no it's the the it's oh, Von dutch is that what it was yeah it was that weird house and then it was just all this gregarious gross shirts yeah it's he um he's really gone like you can track the trajectory of his hosting career with that show Via his clothing and and the eighty five styles that have come and gone, all of which are some form of you know like literal Monster figurative like cap. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. That is he is arguably uh, the physical manifestation of a Monster Energy Drink cat. Honestly, honestly, as a person, it personally fits me. I think he should ditch the monster, go to Rain Total Body Fuel. Yeah, I mean he's, that's the logical that's the logical next step, right? I mean if he wants to be at the forefront of this, right? He's got to be a Rainman, as as I'm sure no one calls it, but I mean, he. Uh, I'm going to steal his thunder. I will be the Rain Man. I will wear the yeah. rain cap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then you can just star in your own uh, remake, and it's you and the Dustin Hoffman character. You're playing Rainman, <laughs> and you instead of instead of toothpicks, you just drop rain uh, energy drinks, and then you can count them immediately. Instead of five minutes uh, to Wapner, it's five minutes to Family Feud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh, five minutes to Judge Judy as sponsored by Rain Energy Drink. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, what, I should really like point this out. Like, if you've never seen the Real World Road Rules Challenge, uh, it is arguably one of the best reality competition shows out there. It takes all of the trashiness of a real world season, mixes it with great challenges that would originally have been on road rules but have now kind of progressed into its own weird cool thing and it's generic enough that it's like baby's first reality show outside of big brother it's um i'm gonna tell you, like okay you know we you said before like we're both really tired and, and dragging i am energized again because i thinking about this show and like the wheels spinning i i love this show so much i genuinely <laughs> Love this, this show so, so much. It, I'm not kidding. This is like one of the most fun reality. This is a show where it's like it's great. I don't want to be a contestant at all on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh God, no. But I definitely want to like if they need someone to test out the stand on the beam, get the water for yeah. the bean bags. Well, you know what the way these do that when I watch um, certain, I don't watch a ton. Admittedly, I kind of like uh, pick my spots. But with some, I show like this specifically. A part of me just thinks about like how agile the the production is, you know, meaning like each season they respond to the previous one, to what didn't work, what did work, what didn't work. Like, you know, like the, the, the current season's running right now, but the previous season, it was a rare time where everybody, everybody always goes into the challenge with some form of like 30 different alliances and not everybody knows who was in what alliance. Sometimes they're more overt. But in this case, the alliances, the ones that ended up like really working, lasted the entire season. And it was not very compelling television, in my opinion. And then the producers were like, ah, cool, fuck that. No, no, we're going we're gonna to switch this up. And now in this season, everybody has to do be, be in an elimination to qualify, which has never been done. And there are so many contestants who are just veterans and they get the benefit of the doubt. And some of them are scary, and nobody puts them in, and they just coast. Johnny but in this bananas. Case, I mean, bananas. I mean, they're really, you know, like, the king of that is CT. 
That dude, oh, you know, God. I love him to death. He's great. But to his point, like in the second episode of this current season, he said, or the first one, the first one, when they revealed, you know, that you have to go into uh, a, a challenge or not a challenge, uh, an elimination. He was like visibly bothered because he was like, oh, I have to like politic now and be nice to people. And and that it just it's such a seismic uh, disruption of what people's entire strategies going into this game were. And so it totally it's so is. it's so fun. It's so good. Here's generic. Here's generic rule of uh, of because it's hard to say like this is like every season because there's always one or two hooks to a season. But it's generically like there's two teams or an individual game or a bunch of group game and they play one big challenge. And it's usually like an over the top, like almost pseudo fear factor. Like you're attached to a helicopter and you have to drop a ball into a target. Whoever's closest to the target wins or you have to uh, pass flags from one truck to another truck while attached to this little like wire. Yes. Or uh, it's elaborate. A labyrinth it's a, maze, a puzzle yeah, game. And, like the whole thing is just very elaborately made and conceived, and it's really impressive. And I can't imagine, you know, how much the work later that seasons, takes. like since I think like the pro seasons when they did like the pro like celebrity people like CM yeah. showed up. That's when they finally had like a budget and they went, let's theme the games now. Because yeah. seeing the one right now, which as we're recording this, uh. Total Madness just started, which is the if you get someone in the skull, you get a little helmet. That's your ticket to the final if you survive. Um, yeah. Almost all the themes are played around military, which is also very fun. So it's like airdrop games. and Yeah, they're really kind of running with that. And I mean, and and in terms of the the military theme, they are literally living in a bunker now. Which I didn't had never been done before. It, used to it was be like always a hotel. some form it used to be like a hotel resort with like yeah the- yeah, and it's like underground. So which is it's like you know last season it, they always still follow that kind of basic rule of you know like real world road rules. They always have nice accommodations, especially at the real worlds, and so they've always had nice houses and still amazing amazing locales. But in this case, they're putting them literally underground. They have workout areas that, again, they're just in rooms. And I think they're just like, okay, cool. Uh, your alliances aren't going to work now. You're also going to go insane. And it's going to be so good. And they also, by the way, take out all the clocks. So now they have no concept of time in the house. They're going to lose their minds. It's only a matter of time. They're going to lose their minds. Uh, and and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am, dare say, here for it. You are here for the, you are here for the total madness, as it were. Oh god! Give me like the last two were War of the Worlds based, and they were kind of themed like Mad Max, so it was very, very like, yeah, apocalyptic dystopian type, and lots of fire fall, like fireball effects, lots of paintball. sand everywhere, sand everywhere, weird phallic symbols, a lot of lot of fire. It was just like, it, which is funny too, because it's like a lot of fire, fire and pyro, and they're already in the desert. Like it was so it's hot enough. Unre- it's yeah, just- it was hot enough, unrelenting. It was just like very. It was. Uh, it, it was a mood for sure. Uh, I think I remember the first time they tried that was the Inferno, if I'm not mistaken. It was like right when T.J. Lavins or the Dave Mira year, where it was just like the Inferno was the elimination challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. It's it's so hard to keep up because like the the funny thing is that yeah, in all of these seasons, especially even just since TJ started, so that's been 24 seasons that he's been the host. There have been so many, 
kind of new formats and incarnations, but then they become sequels to those sometimes later. And so it's all these things that are just falling in on each other at this world on themselves it's team games and it's boy girl yeah. other times it's team games and it's your best friend other times it's a team game and they put your worst adversary in there intentionally so you have to work together and let me tell you that uh that one yeah they've done that multiple times but i think they did that especially re in the last like three years maybe 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 more it's hard to i don't know i'm really can't keep track of time right now but something like that and it was great it really lived up to its potential and they even like it i don't i feel like that there's enough like even like interseason agility to it that they can adjust in real time it's what it it's such a well-oiled machine it wouldn't surprise me honestly they don't really do changes when the season starts unless there is like audible like someone got injured and has to be out of the show oh yeah sure yeah um, but other than that, like it's what you see is what you get on the season of the challenge. Uh, so you, the default is there's one challenge round, and there's always like a team game, and then whoever's the weakest goes into the elimination game. Sometimes the winner gets to decide who's in the elimination game. The elimination game, it's two players, and whoever sucks is off the show, and whoever survives still sticks to the show. And it used to be that was the main politic game. It's who do you put up for the elimination? Who's your big threat? And, for sure. Uh, with this season's rule, instead of like you're forced into elimination if you suck, it's the if you win, <laughs> you have the choice. Do you want to go into it to earn your uh, skull so you survive, or do you force somebody to play? And that just even that with in and of itself, that changes every. I mean that 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 adds so many different layers. It's almost like it changes. It, it really goes from checkers to chess. It just changes so many things. So even that is just like, uh, it's almost like, you know, you look at a sculpture and then you just move, you know, a foot over. It's not a huge adjustment, but then it just looks like a completely different piece. And it's like that with that show. You don't have to make seismic changes to cause seismic effects. They really haven't and, changed much with the challenges. Like none of the challenges really are quote unquote new, but the way I think they're, they yeah, I think they're variations it. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it really is the way that just the way that they are, and I don't know it's necessarily that they are versions of this, or maybe, you know, different things are feeding into it, and maybe it's kind of influential in some ways. But yeah, there are definitely, like, seemingly, sometimes, like, challenge parallels to, like, the physical activities of a American Ninja Warrior type show, and even a Wipeout, you know, that, which... You can tell that again, shows were influenced. Like, at one point, they did the Fear yeah. Factor gross-out food challenge, like... Yes, yes. Uh, it definitely feels like it's kind of, like, they, you know, they're in the business of reality shows and they know what they like and they know what they really know what their audience likes. I can tell you that. And they know what it will work for the show. Like they just are very confident in what they do and they know exactly what they are. And they just kind of take a little stuff from here, from there, that, that. And it's just, it, it's just this delightful alchemy. It really works well. It's something that would not work and it work. I will say this right now. This is basically. Uh, you know, I, I would compare it, I hate to say in the world of game shows, because I have to say this is game show podcast, I know, but, um, <laughs> there was a game show a long time ago called Grand Slam, and it was like, what if we got, like, Ken Jennings on, and this million dollar winner from Millionaire, and this Jeopardy champ, and this person who's really smart, and just have a who's the best trivia person. This is that 
with all of reality competition now. So we get someone from Big Brother, someone from the Real World Road Rules Challenge earlier. We get someone from The Amazing Race, someone from this show, someone from that show. It's a who's yes. who. Florida, Bama, Shore, and, uh, you know, Love there's Island a Island recently. They had a Love yes. Island guy. <laughs> yeah, we got somebody named Ninja who's from American Ninja Warrior. You know, like, it's all these different places. And I think it was, I want to say Big Brother. It might not be right. But there's a guy now in this season who is a... Oh, Swaggy. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. But there's another dude, too. He's a tall guy. I don't remember where he's from, what what uh, property or whatever. But he is a... And he's like 23, so he's still young. But a former Division One football player. He played tight end. Like, big guy, but really physical and a great athlete. And then he really, like, catastrophically injured his knee or knees. And then when he thought he was going to get the NFL, he couldn't get in the NFL... So I guess my point is, though, that he is still, relative to humans, a great athlete. And so, so far, he is dominating. It's, and it's great. And it's like, this guy is new to the show. He's never seen the challenge. He's never been on the show before. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, so, but he's used to being on a show where you do a competition, you win the reward. <laughs> and on this show, by the way, the reward isn't just like, oh, you're safe for the week. No, on this show, like, it's game show. If you win the week's reward, you win money. You win money every week. Yeah, and it, it, so it, it, it is like, uh, you know, not, that, not death by a thousand cuts, but it's in that there are just 30,000 different things happening that can really influence an outcome, can uh, make people go against alliances for the sake of self-preservation and greed or, 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 or very rarely, but sometimes morality. Not, not, that's, it's not really a factor for the most part, but uh, it's just... It, it, it's, it's a thing where it is so crazy in all of the moving parts that it really shouldn't work at all, but it just it makes this kind of perfect stew. It's perfect. It really is perfect, in my opinion. Uh, one of my favorite rules was, and I don't think it's this season, uh, they had a team of four. And I think they stole this from uh, American Grit, unless American Grit stole it from this, which I would probably believe too, where yeah. if the team of four and their whole team survives and goes to the final and they win, they get a million dollars to split but for each person out, they lose a quarter million. God. I thought that was such a great rule adjustment. And plus, yeah. like, what I like most about this show is there's so many returning players, and some people, here, like, even though it's like $100,000 if you win, like, the finale, that's usually, like, the go-to. Now I think it's a quarter million. Um, some people on the show have won over a million dollars. Yeah, no, if, if you are, if, if you can just, if you can just figure that game out, and of course, it changes with this each season. And again, adding new people in who've never played, it's kind of like, you know, if you don't want to play poker against somebody who's never played poker, because you, they have no concept of what they're doing, but you cannot read them at all. You don't know what they're capable of. Like, it's really tough, you know, when nobody nobody's affecting anything and they don't know what they're doing. And so that is another thing. But it there are people, there is money to be made, absolutely. And it's people that do it. And there are some people who, this is their, this is either their entire, their entire, um, income, or it's the thing that fuels what they want to do or what they are doing, you know, it, but it's like I would guess, what, like three months of their lives, probably? Uh, each season? Two, three? Well, considering how many episodes, they usually take about three days per episode. To tell. Okay. Uh, because of setup, not because, so it's, and it's usually about like 12 day episodes, so about a oh, month work. Okay. Um, but yeah, for one month, and it's usually like in May, June, and they film two seasons, so one's in May, June, one's in November. 
I think uh, this one was, by the way, winter. This was a winter uh, season. Okay. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So, so they try and, and coordinate. So it's like one month of your time. And I believe it's good because it's like also it helps your social media behavior. Like these are people who are now like social media influencers. They are millions of Twitter followers and Instagram followers and YouTube celebrities. They have oh, yeah. their own it, little it, mini thing. Like it, I think it's because it stems from that challenge culture that like was a big prevalent thing in the 2000s. And it's like, well, now this is a whole challenge show. So they get to do the thing they normally do no yeah exactly it's it's its own economy you know it really is you go on and immediately you'll have fifty thousand followers like it's the amount of followers everybody has it's people that i didn't even know existed previous to this and then you look and it's like ninety thousand a hundred fifty thousand it's like it's a real thing and i understand that if you have the opportunity you will automatically get some form of income for this very thing, if you hadn't previous to this, if you have, so, if you, if you tank, if you just to, this is actually the fun. If you absolutely tank, like imagine this is I'm Jordan High, I'm a fresh meat contestant. I know I'm 31, so that's never going to be a possibility. <laughs> but uh, assume 30 year old Jordan is on fresh meat season of the challenge, and on the very first episode. Uh, my team lost, and they put me up in the elimination round, and it's some weird, bizarre, like, test your strength game, and I'm weak because I have weak arms, and they put me <laughs> up against some big bi- bodybuilder guy, so I'm immediately eliminated. For that three days, plus the entire month, because I have to still be in quarantine, I know that word's being used nowadays, but... But yeah, but that month, even... I get paid $5,000. Yeah. So it's it's still, like, not a bad day's work. <laughs> No, I mean, but you are in a, it's always a nice location. They pay for your food and everybody, but they ply them with liquor because they want that for their narratives and fair play to them. And you generally are, although in this case, you're in an underground bunker, but otherwise you're generally in a nice house. You know, like if you have the ability to kind of like uproot your life for a month or two and, and you know, do all those things. I mean, more power to you. I, I don't I don't blame you, honestly. Like, you can make a good chunk. Like, you can make a salary for the show. Um, for sure. And then, if, like, if you have a grudge with someone in the house, the producers love that because then they can invite you back on and them and just keep that going for years upon years. Yeah, um, I mean, exactly. Yeah, they they love... I mean, it's, it, it's in the title of a whole form of it, Vendettas. They love that. They love feuds. They love drama. That... You know, that's what keeps them in business. And I get that. And also, I like, you know, I complained about it earlier about not having much of that last season. I'm, it, it is endlessly entertaining. And it's also just adds so much delightful drama to an already batshit situation. It's great. And if you're liquored up, you get your choice of beer, wine, or this was fun that I went did the research uh, vodka, but they intentionally dye it blue. <laughs> that's interesting. Okay. I didn't realize. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, so when you see someone drinking but, something blue, yeah, yeah, okay, that's it's not like a Capri Sun. Good to know. It's not a Capri Sun. It's a. It's, a, it's blue. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes they actually record more than four seasons a year. So I'm led to assume because of the success of the challenge, they probably already have two seasons already lined up, and then the quarantine froze them. On okay. The, yeah. Uh, so they they should be okay for a hot minute. I didn't realize that they maybe like were that far ahead of it. I knew, I knew it was pretty far, and that the way, the, you know, the very nature of like that 
aforementioned agility of the production only means that they are way ahead of the game season to season to be able to have that flexibility. And it's the whoever is in charge of the show. I don't know who it is right now, by the way. I usually know everyone who's on every show, by the way. So the challenge team, I love a lot. Because <laughs> they have a great way of, of uh, creating these challenges. And obviously, they have like cool things in mind. They want something entertaining, engaging, and something... And I've noticed this. They have to have something that's a little engaging enough that if one person screws up, the whole team screws up. So you have yes. that conflict in the house. Yeah, they are really... I mean, yes, challenge the challenge. They, the challenges themselves are great. They always challenge people, which always in and of itself, even if they win, still creates some form of drama. Everybody's like constantly on edge and chippy. I think also, frankly, I'm a, I, I would imagine there are some, some alleged... Uh, roid cycles happening. It feels like it. Well, who do you think is on the roids right now? Well, yeah. Not CT, I'll tell you that much. You don't think Bananas? Do you not think Johnny Bananas? Oh, no. I I See, he's pretty ripped, and he's only either maintained or gotten more ripped in a... Not to the level of a Sylvester Stallone, but it's also like, eventually you hit a physical wall to where you can't get better or at least just as good that easily i know he like does a lot of physical stuff in his off time as somebody who like skis and does all manner of things but because he's he's way more ripped than he used to be i have to get this i got distracted one time because i remember watching the challenge and johnny bananas is like when everyone thinks of the show this is their boston rob this is their uh yeah exactly uh, dr will kirby johnny bananas i watched nbc on saturday afternoon because he's got it he's got a tv show He's got a TV, a post SNL TV show, right? He has a show called First Look, which is just a travel show. He travels the world and does stuff, and it's like that's his post career is basically doing what he is doing right now. <laughs> yeah, and he does it when he's not doing it for the challenge, you know. Like, hey, more about like he hasn't figured it out, you know. He sells his T-shirts, and he, uh, you know, said so that raises uh, money for. Like DM's foundation, which is awesome. Like genuinely, like rest in peace to her. But he does that, and he's got his followers. Like he's the guy. He just has it figured out. He's really, he's really made a career out of this. And uh, the spinoff show, Champs versus Stars, which is not hosted by it's hosted by The Miz. Awesome. I came to. That's play. right. Yeah, The Miz. Who? Yeah, I mean, he was on the challenge. He was pre- a challenge person, and before he became WWE superstar, The Miz. Yeah, because I think he came. Yeah, he came from. I want to say real world Chicago, real and world where he created the Miz character. Yes, we he would. That was his drunken alter ego, which I mean, again, to his credit, like he turned it into like I mean, far beyond a a Johnny Bananas level career. I mean, he's a superstar from what I understand. A WWE superstar. <laughs> yeah, like uh, right on, man. And like usually, what they do is like they get a celebrity. To play with, like against a team of former contestants, so uh, you name it. Uh, Bananas was there. Ashley Mitchell was there. CT, everyone knows CT. Point. <laughs> I mean, he's a legend. Yeah, from and he's got. I mean, if you followed him too over the course of of his challenge existence, it's it's quite a narrative, honestly. I mean, he started off in it was a uh, real world Paris, but and then, then this is the he real is world. A, this is the the show where he's yeah. just. 
quietly speaking, going, well, I love this person, but I don't know if they love me back. And Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And he, he, his trajectory is incredible. Because he, Bring it on, son. Bring it on. You got nothing. You got nothing. Uh, I mean, the fact that, and that, that, was, that, that is a reenactment from arguably 10 different seasons of him because he, he was aggro and he was going through stuff. And he's a guy that is not, you would think he's like six six, like he's got such a uh, a size about him. I mean, he's six one again, still tall, uh, so right on. But he's like a big six one, and he is tall guy. And he's like deceptive. He really he is tall. He's tall and wide, but he's also deceptively a genuinely good athlete. And, like, and the is, dude, and these are games that aren't really like athlete athlete games. This is really yeah, exactly. Just like, Put the ball in the hoop, but you're blindfolded and also handcuffed to this chain link fence. Yeah, no, and it's, but he's also like good at puzzles for them. He's good at the mental stuff too. But if you have a guy who is, who can, can really move, because he played basketball, I think, in, in college. So he can move. He's big and he's wide. He can take a hit. And also, he is in no way scared to take hits. So people don't want to face that. That's why he's being able to coast off of his, you know, being a challenge legend for so long. And that's why in the season, it is, it's, it's really, he's lamenting what he has to do because he's like, shit, I didn't come here with a mental game prepared. I was just going to stick to whatever the popular team was. So that really is, it, that's it's usually an interesting the strategy. Truly it is. Like the last uh, at least six seasons he's been on, because he's like, I, I don't do a lot. I get a little vacation and I'll make easy money. Like, right like, on. Like that's the strategy is you have to be like the nice person who's just like making friends with everybody, which is not really the typical way to go with this show. Cause they usually want the conflict. Sure. But if you also though, like need to be good, but not so good. You're a threat to other people that are also good so or bad. When you suck and you're yeah. up for the elimination. It's the, do we really want to put Jordan up? Do we really? Yeah. Is he really good enough? Is this person... I don't want to see this guy go. He's a friend. And that's when you create that conflict of, do I want to take the target out or do I want to take... I know. It, it's... Oh, it's good. Yeah, he... Especially like a CT type, he he's a legend. His reputation truly precedes him. He is a guy you don't... You also like... Even in his current form, he's not what he once was. He's still... But he's still tough. He's not... He's a tough out. But... His status of nobody picks CT, so people don't pick CT. So if they were to, then it would be like, oh god, I just woke up a, sl- a sleeping giant, and nobody wants to do that. But now he's got got to either put himself in, or somebody's got to pull the trigger and put him in, and in a delightful way, all hell could break loose. Uh, that's why I think this twist works so well. It's great. Uh, like, it's so fun to think about, like, all sorts of characters that have been on different shows. I One thing I remember a lot about the challenge, this is something we need to go back to TJ Lavin on, is when there's a stunt that it is basically, like, obviously put someone in a position where they know they're going to lose. Like, you are up against CT and Bananas or someone else, and you're just like, I don't want to do this. I want to just quit. I'm done. I want to walk yeah, away. Yeah. I don't want to go on the high beam and jump into the water. And then and then it's just like, oh, you got the uh, a star, like a scarlet Q on your, on your shirt of, oh, quitter. And TJ's going to lament that. Like, he's both 
the angry, disappointed father and somehow uncle at the same time. Yeah, this Not is, sure not, really this how is pull, the first in reality television where the host doesn't like say, we wish you the best, good luck, good effort. No, he is this pain in the ass. For- <laughs> he, he, he all but says, get fucked, loser. Like you he is so pissed off. You don't want to quit. Why? Why do you give up? Why do we give up so easily? Do you give up this easily in real life? Like what? I, look, it's all against you. That's not how you do. You have that put up or shut up. And you know what? You better shut up right now. Yeah, really you know, doing. I think that's honestly where his um kind of more internalized uh, delivery and personality actually works. Because when he does scold them like that, it really hurts them. Because he's a guy who doesn't give you much. So when he does give you something of like great job or something, it means a lot to them. So be so that withholding nature, uh, I think that really affects the people that are on the show. Now you mentioned withholding in subgame praise, you get scolded. <laughs> I know. And then it's just even like it's even worse. Like you rip a band-aid off and then you just piss in the wound. It's just <laughs> awful. And and I'm like, I, I you know, it's like on top of like all the mental gymnastics people are doing and trying to be loyal to all these different people and figure out, okay, well, I got to betray somebody, but who am I going to betray? And then I'm not trustworthy. So then what I knew, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff and it's a really difficult thing. The interesting thing is it's a really, it's really difficult to at least strategically be consistently season to season, really good at the game because if you're too good, people figure it out. But at the same time with all the logistics changing, People can only be so agile in that regard too. If you're good at the challenges and people know you are, that's as good a big a currency as you can have in that game. Truly. The Jordans of the world and the and you know, and Tori, his his fiance, they are they are so good at it. They really are. One thing I want to read off right now is uh in two weeks from now, which I I hate because it always spoils like two weeks ago, two weeks from now, episodes of Total Madness, which by the time I read this, it's already out, but whatever. Uh, here's a description of the episode. This is what you get yourself into in an episode of the challenge. <clears throat> During the Bomb Squad challenge, teams of challengers must work together to detonate an explosion. Rogan seeks vengeance on Jay. Jordan and Wes get into a heated argument involving deli meat. Okay, deli meat. Deli meat. That's. I mean, I, I mean, look. I was already in, but I am doubling. I uh. Deli meat. I got so much to say about Rogan. What a dumb asshole. I don't like him. But you don't like Rogan. He doesn't do much, but he has all the ego of somebody who is just like, I'm a vet. I'm a veteran, and he didn't do anything last season. But he has. But it's like it's that that little mental trick, I guess, that he's done. Of I made it this far, so I must be great at it. When in reality, he just was a a part of the of the strategy that really won and the alliance that won and he did nothing. So you know, and this was and so he just he's a coaster. I guess I should this. Rogan O'Connor was a contestant on X on the Beach, a UK game show involving dating of the bringing the X. And he hosted some like tough British accent like oh I can't believe like like imagine Chav, but not chavy enough. Yeah. Yeah. And he is a male stripper by trade. That's uh, that's what he does, and which you know, again, more power to him. But he has all of the the red the redness of a tan, you know, of like uh, a guy that lives in a G string or or eventually does in his routine. And he has the bit of the walk about like the bowed up walk about arms kind of out, but he's not 
he's not like shredded to the point where that stiff walk is justified. He just and he has like it's uh, clearly just enough to have the muscles. So yes, the girls get thirst trapped, which is perfect for an Instagram model who has an OnlyFans page as well. Yeah, and he's got a new. As of this season, I'm pretty sure he has a new set of chompers. So more power to the veneers and the massive fake, like bleached whiteness of the teeth, juxtaposed against the hard red leather of a face. It's a lot. It, it is a lot to take. You could probably, you could probably glow in the dark if the lights are off. Those teeth is my bet. So what happened was his first season, he was on Vendettas and was out the first episode. Within oh he was he bowed out within. I think within like 15 minutes of the, starting that initial challenge to get rid of extra people. So he was, he was like a laughing stock that first run, the and first time he was in last, there. The most recent season, War, uh, War of the Worlds 2, he was part of the, because they broke it off. By, he won in the UK team and he won a quarter million dollars because he was part of the one group of four to split the million dollars. Uh, and now he's in total madness and he's thinking like I'm a threat I've won the show before they know I'm, I won the show before and I think the fun part is and this is why I like the show so much when you get so many new people on the show who have never really seen or who know who the fuck these people are they just go like who the hell are you <laughs> exactly are you yeah <laughs> yeah he, everything about his demeanor if he's not just outwardly saying I'm the best or I think I'm the best it, either way they're just like uh, I mean, all right. I, cool, man. Um, I mean, like, this person who is, like, per, who's been on, the like, the Real World Road Wheels Challenge, like, 20 years ago. He's in his 40s. He's telling me this guy is actually the good one, the CT guy. I should watch out for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, C, CT truly is dad bod personified, but, and he is the type where he will go into the season, and he knows he's going to last long enough, at least you know, in his the previous incarnations that let him coast some. And he just played himself into shape instead of just like really training it. He just gets off the couch, goes on to gets to a plane to go to like Marrakesh or wherever. And then he just is like three challenges in, gets into better shape, and then he's just ready to go. My favorite, by the way, uh is is, is Stephen Bear. I like Bear. <laughs> he's my fave from the X on the he's, Beach. He's wildly entertaining. I, I enjoy him, honestly. That's a guy and who, fact, if you said he's a soccer player, he plays soccer for a living. Yeah. You'd believe he's got, it. You know, yeah. You know, but he's got, and he's also got like kind of like a. The same body. Kind of a, same like body a, structure. A, a, a boxer, Muay Thai kind of build to him Which also. Which helps if you're doing a challenge that involves wrestling, because some of the challenges yeah. are like beat the shit out of this other guy. Yeah, you know, it really is a, a the challenge. It feels like the best. I never really thought about it. Maybe like the best kind of like body type, kind of like how in American Ninja Warrior, for example, it's not don't it's like don't be six three. Yeah, there's a certain cap on height. You can't because be of leverage and like weight two oh five. Like you yeah, can't. don't yeah don't you need to be like ideally like a leaf probably like five ten five eleven and like one eighty like, like leaf light enough cut yes. Because you got to run up shit, man. You know, and you got to yeah, hold on. Upper from... body strength to lift your body weight. Like, that's the absolutely, absolutely. You know, and with that, I think the challenge is like that, too. You know, like, uh, Jordan is a guy who he's not ripped, but he, I mean, he's in great shape, but he's not like overly muscular and he's extremely agile. And that, that is perfect for that challenge. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. No, you're talking about another famous Jordan on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have to yeah, I'm talking about Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, Michael Jordan means right 
And that Jordan has been on multiple uh, seasons. Is always one to watch. Um, he's great. He's extra- obviously he's un unflappably uh, self assured. But the thing is, he always backs it up. So it's like it's hard to fault him. Honestly, he is one that I would say is a real hunk. That's a, that's one of those hunk people. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's he's reasonable hunk material. I would I would think. Yeah, it's. <laughs> But usually, like, what happens is he gets stuck in, like, the pairs or team episodes, and then he loses because the partner fails. And, whew, boy, he does not take losing well, uh, both in just outwardly rejecting it, but he also just is not good at ownership and accountability. With that, it's always what everybody else did. Now, granted, he doesn't, he doesn't screw up very often, so fair play to him. But, but it always is, like, he always tells everybody what they did wrong. And, and that's, he doesn't win a lot of he doesn't win a lot of fans that way on, on his teams. I would say. And the other one of my favorites of this season is Josh Martinez, who was also a Big Brother contestant who turned into the MTV world of reality television. Yeah, he he's a big guy. He's a big dude. He's a lot of big people here. And it just yeah. got me thinking, like, with the, because the Rural Rules Challenge, when it first started, was just like a crappy ropes course. Yeah. Uh, Go go uh, go! Climb up the pole and then climb up the rope and then go down the pole. Now it's like we are attaching you to a bungee cord and you're going to <laughs> like swirl around like you're on an amusement park ride. I mean, like it's it really yeah. That's a great call because it really is like it has gone from jungle gym to here. Sign this waiver because this this could break your spine potentially these things and it you know and that that end challenge you know that very final mission challenge that they have gotten they were already crazy and they just get more and more insane that's the good way to you're getting near the end of this when they get to four or five or three teams or enough that it's like okay we're about to wind this down they do the grand finale and the grand finale challenge is definitely a much better way to go about a elimination-based game show than simply put a vote like Survivor or Big Brother. Yeah, that's so much more anticlimactic because it really this is it's a, it's a, that show is like yeah it's a, all a physical show that also has the political element and then it all just boils down to political politics at the end. So it's like you go out with a bang with the challenge. And it's great. I, it it the really challenge. is, no, and it's compelling. With a bang. They they fucking end with fireballs. They end with exploding yeah, yeah. landmines. They end with it's it's always in like a kayak over the course of a while, and that's just like one tenth of what they do. And people will throw up, and people are cram- cramping is like happens immediately in those these those uh, those episodes. And what they last probably. It's two hour long episodes. It's usually uh, like the, a two the hour finale, and usually yeah. it does the recap show. Like we brought everyone back, recap. But it's like it's a. It first starts as a half mile foot race to this puzzle where you have to position all the elimination order of all the contestants. Um, but you have to do this in the form of stacking blocks, uh, and you have to connect the dots based on who was in what elimination challenge and who won. And then if you do that successfully, you'll hear the bell. And then you have to like run another half mile to the kayaks where you have to kayak three miles down the stream uh, to get to this course where it's a ropes course with like 
a, a different life, like a rope attached to you that you have to disconnect as you go through. And then, and then you have the rotten horse dick. And then, you know, like it's, they were, it's so smart. It's really smart. It really is. And then it gets to the, you have to go into this dark, spooky house, blindfolded. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just a maze. It's just a, a maze. Left, yeah. Right. Whatever. And then you have to go under a, a bridge and answer a troll's three riddles. And then, you know, it's just like the, the amount of things they do. It's really, it really is smart because they throw everything at them, every type of thing to where nobody can just nail the challenge period. And then in, just in general of, of terms of what they do. But then on top of that, they put them all on top of each other and they make them all physically, each one is individually physically exhausting. And, and to all of that on top of it, it makes for really compelling TV and nobody, nobody makes it all the way. Nobody. No one, not not everybody. Way. Not People everybody. Breaks, to play the yeah. catch up. Yeah. Like it, it's, the, it's a show that is just such such a well-oiled machine. It really is. Like it's the each season, it just gets a little better. And by a little better, it's whatever you liked about the last season. They do more of whatever you didn't like. They really do like pinpoint out. Like people don't really like the whole getting drunk and making out in the hot tub anymore. So we'll just get rid of the hot tub. And yeah, yeah. You know that. You know the other thing it made me think about when he said kind of the trajectory of how difficult everything's gotten and how big the challenges are. That is one thing that I'd read about how that that there is part of why there's less drama is that people don't drink as much because they have to stay in shape and work out because these are so taxing and like just physically exhausting challenges kind of episode to episode. So there is there's less uh, opportunity for that drama, I think. And when you consider these are people who like on their side gig is Instagram celebrity they're doing the thirst trap. They're doing the shirtless photos. Yeah. Like, it's good that they have to stay in shape because it's good for the show because you, the, we're assuming teenage, because MTV, but we know they're not really teenagers anymore. We assume the yeah. teenagers want the hunky guys and the good looking girls to do the challenges and the bikinis. And you want to see like the drama because a lot of the time it's the friendship kind of drama. Like I trusted you and you put me up for elimination. How could you do that? Well, cause I knew you would beat so-and-so. Yeah. You say that now, but you know, he was like a, <laughs> he won the last three challenges. And, and, and all that drama though, after, after the final big challenge, the final, as I call it after that, then yeah, the next week when it's all finished, they then do the reunion show and all of the drama is dredged up, and sometimes it gets contentious, but you know, sometimes not. But it, they get to rehash all, all the the real like good bits, and it's even that I like too, quite a bit. It, it's just relive, let's relive uh, the hang on to the like the endurance challenge where you have to just hold on to this forty pound boulder as long as you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's like. Come to New York or maybe sometimes England or London, and we're going to sit you down on a couch in front of a studio audience. We're going to tape it. Millions of people are going to watch it. And then we, then each of you individually, we're going to relive your single worst moment of this season. Remember and when then, you said you volunteered to go into the elimination round and got eliminated within five minutes? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's... And sometimes it feels like they even do the thing where they do a leading question that allows somebody to 
spin a thing a certain way. And then they're like, oh, okay. Anyway, let's look at the clip. And then you just see everything as it was. Like, it's, it, oh, it's good. It's all just so good. And TJ Lavin's still there. Then he turns the screws. <laughs> yeah. At, at, you know, uh, TJ is exponentially better than the previous hosts. And he has become just such a staple of it. And he, I, he is good at it. He does exactly as much as he needs to do, I think. Uh, okay, so here's all the history of all the quote-unquote hosts. Besides Lavin, Mira, okay. Mosley, Mira again, Mosley, Eric Niles and Mark Long. There was no host in Extreme Challenge. Gladys Sanabria in Challenge 2000. Real World vs. Road Rules was hosted by David Edwards. And then the very first one, Real World Road Rules All-Stars, was hosted by Puck. Oh, the wow. The guy who was I famous for picking his that. nose once. The guy, yeah, who was famous for being in his 20s, but he didn't, he looked, he looked worse for wear. But he was also just like, uh, unabashedly just disgusting. Like, that was if, it. Like, he's just a gross yeah. guy. It, yeah, yeah, he was, he was definitely like a, a trailblazer in that regard. In the uh, gross, unlikable re- reality star game, but... I forgot. I forgot. No, you know what? I just now I'm remembering. I completely forgotten that that happened. Wow, that's crazy. So long. This show has been on for so long, and it's like we went from real world road rules, and now it's like fair game for anybody to appear on. Rather, you've been on reality show, or this is your very first time, which I love. I think that's my favorite seasons is the fresh meat. There, it's pretty strong. I mean, it definitely is one of the best ones. If not, yeah, even even the best. But the fact that they are. Take, getting people from these other reality shows, it's such a smart idea. And and at the right time, because they obviously realized the vets can and the existing cast, because they don't have, you know, real rules. They don't have real world, at least not one that's on MTV now. It's on Facebook, I think. So they know that they have to replenish. Yeah, they have to replenish that, that talent pool. And they've done a really good job, for the most part, of picking people, I think. And Jonathan Murray, he's been doing this for almost his whole life now yeah uh, yeah so he knows Mary, what a Mary Ellis, show yeah. is he's yeah. part of the kardashians he's part of like name any big oh. reality show in the last like 30 years at this point. i didn't realize that man he must be worth so much money he has he made the kardashians he did corning clint he did project runway God. uh simple well, life congrats. when that 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 paris hilton nicole ritchie show from fox yeah oh, man congratulations he is i i underestimated his Massive unbridled success. Oh, no, like this. Do not underestimate Jonathan Murray in the world of television. Uh, Under the Gun, the Tim Gunn spinoff show of Project Run. How about the Bad Girls Club? I know people love the Bad Girls Club. I've never seen it, but I, I know people, yeah, I know that there are some, some pronounced fans of that show for sure. Uh, I'm trying to get come up with other uh, Man, the Teen he, Mom well. franchise from MTV. I think he did Living Lohan. He does. He does okay. uh, this, a lot of Steve-O reality shows. Like he is just such a weird person. He's such a low-key institution. Oh, and he also does the uh, reality show for the Miz, which makes sense. The Miz. Well, the Mi- Miz and Mi- <laughs> Miz, Miz and, and Miss. Yeah, Misses. Clever little title too. It's yeah, awesome. Wow. Great job. Uh, so, like, when it comes to the challenge, the big takeaway is this is a show that would keep MTV on the map. 
as long as possible, as long as they keep putting this on the air, as long as there's always a reality competition show featuring challenges on other reality shows, this show will still thrive and basically take the best of those challenges and make them better. Yeah, it, it's really smart. All of those. Well, yeah, you know, in a way, it's like, I know it's it's like a such a ubiquity to it now, but like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they have their own universe of all these reality shows. And it's really smart and clever, and they all feed each other. And, and you know, th- to their credit, MTV knows people watch this show, so let's get ahead of it and bank multiple seasons, and we'll just get the people what they want. And they'll do it, you know, a couple of times each year, and and everybody's happy. It's really it's really smart on their part, I think. I don't know how I would do on I'm pretty sure if I was a contestant on the show, I would. If I actually had to be honest, like, if I actually said, like, how well I would do on the show, I would probably say third episode second episode <laughs> oh yeah I, I wouldn't even delude myself uh, personally i don't have a chance so i will just watch from afar and enjoy it uh if somebody needs strategy tips you know they can dm me through their incredibly popular instagram uh accounts more power to them that's all i got i got nothing else i will just watch and observe and just eat up every second of drama. I mean, I'm That's in my thirties, so I know I have no shot in hell. Because yeah. the baseline is you have to be in your twenties, unless you were a veteran. Uh, so. Yeah, and and the vets even then, I, I CT, I I want to say he's probably mid thirties is my bet. Yeah, he's like I think he's thirty two uh, now. He's like one year older than me. Is he real? Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, so now we got to get to the final thing. I mean, I wish there was games. I wish there was more like ways we can say like there were spinoff things and this and that, but we kind of went through all of it. It's a fascinating drama based on each person going into different competitions of physical strength or mental strength or skill in these amazing decor uh, places in lavish countries. That's what I like. But I, I think b- before we kind of crash out of here, we have to uh, think about like, what are some things we, we would want in a perfect season? Like, what is your perfect season of the show? Individuals, teams, what's the twist? What's the, do you have any ideas for what you have? Like a cool twist. Ooh, that's interesting. I do think, you know what I would, I would find it interesting if they did kind of a hybrid season of sorts, meaning almost like that they tell the contestants, this season is this, fresh meat, you know, whatever it is. Something that is a, kind of one of their flagships that people and contestants like know what that means and have a general idea what they're in for. But then like maybe halfway into it, they switch it up and it's like, oh no, this is Rivals. Or this is, you know, uh, uh, Worst Enemy, whatever that one is of the, they, you know, the, the people, the vendettas. And it just switches up in the middle. And that truly would turn everything on its head and completely discombobulate people and truly mur- like murder alliances. And, you know, maybe they could do it to where they just do a giant elimination in the middle to then reconfigure and then go from there. Like, that would really, that would be gigantic, well, like, I think. When we're down to 20, we, yeah, we, yeah. we claim like half of you are going to be eliminated today. And then the big twist is, but now you're eliminated. The people who eliminate you are your new partners. Welcome to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it could be like, you know, it's uh, the the people who figure out who they're going to pair up, up with, it's two massive like vendettas for the same person. So either way, whoever wins that is a person that like Johnny Bananas hates and it's going to be awful. And they're now tied to each other and they have to work together because they're so far in 
and you need all this money. You know, something to where yes, it really puts people in an awkward spot I, in a way that they can't get out of. I, I wrote down my, my few of my ideas. So, okay. Because when you say this is the challenge episode, you know, I could go through anything. I go with, I like this for someone into the eliminations, but here's how I would have done it. Uh, I know, like, usually how it's like every year there's always one rookie season and like a best of. Uh, I think what we should do is just do something that's similar to the old days of road rules, where there is one group challenge for the prize bank. And then that prize bank is played on this on the secondary challenge. So everyone has to play as a team, like a big twenty person group. Okay. So it's like you can get up to twenty thousand, fifty thousand, whatever. Uh, and that's your prize for this challenge. Based on the challenge, that determines how much money people make in certain games. And then it leads into what I would say is a great new format point, which could lead to double eliminations. Because I think that's Ooh. the big twist is I think a lot of times you see the show, it's like a single elimination when it's clear they want to do rapid eliminations. Yes. Uh, so if you are up for the challenge, you are up for the elimination. You and then someone who like classic rules, someone puts you up, then you put someone else up. There is a decision. You can walk away right now or go through the Inferno challenge, go through the elimination round. If you walk away, you keep your cash that you've made up to this point in the game but you're eliminated from the show. If you go for the challenge, you have to go up with someone else who is also up for the challenge. If you win that challenge, not only do you stay in the game, you take your opponent's money as well, all of it. So they could have been making huge bank. They could have got 60 grand, 80 grand. They could have won challenge after challenge, and you could have just had nothing. One simple elimination challenge, and not only have you knocked them out of the game, you took their 80 grand. That's good. I like that. So you, it's like a prisoner's dilemma mixed with an elimination challenge. If both people yeah, decide uh, to walk, it's a double elimination, but they both leave with money. One decides yeah, to walk, yeah. one challenges. The walk is out, but the person who decided to challenge, you know, you got TJ Lavin this, right? You had the guts, kid. You decided to risk it all to go all the way. Guess what? You get to put someone you want up for elimination. And now fun. the person who, is, who would have been gone in the, in the purgatory now has some power to knock someone else out. And that could create a second elimination. That's fascinating. And then if it's a challenge challenge, it's just a single elimination, winner take all. Because now with, with this money, it's now playing as a definite rule. Because a lot of these people, they're they're just coasting by because the money is on their mind. You know, I got 20 sure, grand absolutely. doing this. I got eight grand. I'm good. Yeah, they're doing just, yeah, they know, they, they have some control over their destiny in that regard. But now or, if you are the fresh meat and you want to make a big power play, Go after the guy with the big chunk of change. <laughs> Go after Knox. You know what? This makes me think. I just thought about. First of all, I think that's great. That's really interesting, and that really amplifies everything. Because isn't the whole goal get in the challenge round to force people to not play it safe? Well, yeah. You you know, it definitely has to be where you've got to. It's you have to back them continuously, back them into a corner where they have like the lesser of five evils, you know, like to where it's going to be a shitstorm either way. That's the, that's the, the ideal, I think. And I think with but, this format, you definitely get that. Yeah, you're no, right. absolutely. It's safe. They call you a coward, but you don't care. You got your money. You're out. You go over the challenge, but you're up against someone who was also agreed to the challenge. It's winner take all. So now you are scared shitless, but you what about, go for it and they backed out. Now you have so much power in the game that you can eliminate someone yourself. Okay, so how about this? That that same 
that that exact format, right? But we do something with the the players that go that are coming into the to the overall just the show itself. Yes. So what about what about where instead of like it's twenty people that we all know, right? What about what if it was ten people, best of the best, whatever that we know, and they can each bring one person. It, it could be like if they need to get demographics, you know, like certain amount can be a, a guy, some amount can be a woman, woman, but they can bring anyone they want. So that will bring completely new people in who have no concept of how to play the game, of the politics of it, and that completely changes the dynamic because that pairs them together in that you need to listen to me and do this, but then what if then they switch teams up too? And then it's like, who the fuck are you? And then they have no idea what they're doing. That, I mean, it, that could be anarchy at that point, but that, that could be interesting. You bring in a partner of your choice. Yes. Here's your, it's a pair season, but then midway through, your big twist is, but now you have to pick another team to cooperate yeah, with. Yes. So, so that whole like idea of this is our plan, this is our strategy, listen to me, that's completely gone. And you have no concept of if people are trying to fuck you over or if, they, or if you know, with these teams, somebody's got to lead one of the two. But what if neither of them know what they're doing? So that you're kind of doing way. the blood versus water survivor twist then. Yeah, and that what okay, that, there was something that it felt familiar, but because blood versus water was you brought a blood relation, a brother, a sister. That's what okay, that's okay, that's right. I enjoyed that, and I liked the the kind of like disruption of that. But I think they like you know having, I think they like knowing what they have in the different storylines lines of people that consistently go to the challenge. So I can see why they maybe like logistically it's not the best for them. And then you also have to probably give uh, the TJ Lavin reward at the end of the season to whoever had the most respect. <laughs> yeah, and he gets like yeah. a, like a neck like a car or something. Like you throw a car in, like yeah, yeah. Guys. This is the no quitters Hall of Fame. You get uh, a Toyota Tacoma Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> yeah, you get you get the 1997 Dodge Neon. Congrats. That's exactly what I would do. Just you gotta have like. <laughs> Other than that, I think you're good, and then you just have to do different themes. And I think they're still doing apocalyptic war with the worlds. Yeah, they're doing a lot of like war imagery and stuff. And frankly, the apocalyptic stuff is starting to hit hit too close to reality. So maybe back off that a little bit because it's getting very like, oh no, this feels real. So, but I, but the the military thing is definitely seems to be what they're going for far more in this season, I think, than. At least relatively recently. So next time, cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, maybe a back-to-basics approach. You put them in, like, a New York City apartment and all the games are played in the city. Something. I Look, Urban Jungle, let's switch it up. Let's go. I, uh, I'm open to... I mean, the, it's, I will do whatever. I will follow whatever they're going to do because they know... They know what I want before I have any concept of what that is. So before we get out of here... Uh, <laughs> And there's one final question. Okay. This is the final question of the show. This is dedicated just to you. What is your favorite elimination game ever played on the challenge? Oh shit! Uh, God, this is this is a very difficult question. Uh, what is my mind favorite? If it helps you make it easy, any easier. What's my favorite elimination game of the challenge? Uh, I you know I I kind of like the just the the dramatic brutality of. Two guys, two women, two people 
running, they have to run through each other to put, you know, like the ball in the hole or whatever. It's they have various incarnations like ball looking game. Yeah, that, yeah, that. yes, that kind of like, like kind of like quasi like American Gladiators type thing. That that I enjoy quite a bit because it really can be if you hunker down and you get low, it could really be just a you wipe each other out and then whoever can get up faster and runs gets it. But it's really dramatic and it's really uh, it's really good especially like now it. with and a the, super slow-mo camera <laughs> yes like yeah you see every every pore on their face as they're sweating like it's it's great yeah I, that well they're doing it under like all these flames like what the fuck? i know i oh, know like and they're doing it in like ecuador or wherever so it's in a yeah they, warehouse somewhere yeah 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 like it's uh like they're all but doing it in like uh a, a dormant volcano at this point, but which again I, I would watch every second of that. The next season, but yeah, uh, active volcano. Uh, yeah, yeah, happen. yeah. We're gonna do the uh, Vesuvius challenge, but it. <laughs> but you didn't uh, even want to touch the lava. You're gonna not getting yeah. any respect. What quitter? Yeah, yeah. Everybody, you gotta summit K two, and then we're gonna do a challenge on top. But you better do it quickly because you're gonna get snow blindness, and then we won't know what to do. <laughs> all right well that's about it please check out the challenge it's available all over the place i think there's even like a pluto channel now for like reruns of old challenge yeah i believe so i think you're right uh so before we go anything you would like to plug or promote uh yeah i mean you caught me at a good time i actually have a thing uh yeah i have a podcast called social discasting it is uh every it's three times a week every monday wednesday friday 15 to 20 minutes total each time each episode i talk to a person from you know seemingly around the country different demographic demographic backgrounds and experiences of how they're doing amidst everything we're experiencing right now because everybody has unique experiences and different perspectives and also it kind of gives a catharsis for people to talk about it and just have a conversation and connect because it's a really scary time and we're all affected by it so social discasting monday wednesday fridays it's on all the podcast apps. Um, yeah, you know, just listen if you can. It's uh, at sdiscasting.com, or sorry, excuse me, at sdiscasting on Twitter, and I'm at Inquisitive Dick as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks again to Benjamin Turdsman III for stopping by. Thanks again to Inquisitive Dick for stopping by. Thanks again to Brandon for stopping by. Uh, please check out Social Discasting. It's such a fun, lively, silly podcast about how a lot of the people who I kind of interact with on Twitter are hanging in there during this weird quarantine that we live in. And it's a very fascinating podcast I do recommend listening to. Uh, lots of former guests from, from this show have been on that show. Lots of upcoming guests have are going to stop by on this show. Uh, so it's always fun to see like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And oh, that's fun because to me, like we're all hanging in there and it's just a fantastic podcast. Uh, the challenge, uh, speaking of which is currently going through its newest season. So normally I'd be saying like, oh, well, you know, it, it's in the middle of a season, you know, you, you won't really understand the storylines. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I only saw the first episode of Total Mayhem 
And I just saw the most recent episode of Total Mayhem, which came out, I think, two days ago. And I was able to pretty much understand the format, understanding the rules, understand the story arc just right then and there, which is something that's very rare in the world of reality competition shows. Typically, when it comes to a reality game show, they really love to have the whole season-long arc or multi-season arc. A lot of shows really expect you to know who these people are. And midway in this episode, it really was like they were just telling you, like, this guy's really good at competitions, and that's and I'm scared of getting eliminated because they're good at competitions. Perfect, makes sense, understandable. It worked. So I enjoy it. It's a pickup and and watch series. You don't really have to be an indoll expert of the challenge to understand the show or even appreciate or enjoy it, because I am pretty much a game show expert, but I'm a novice on like everything and anything to do with the challenge. So watching it with this new set of eyes, it's just fantastic. It's such a great show. And the community of the challenge, because I was trying to look into this after recording the episode, it is the strangest thing, because there's a bit of parasocial uh, with like, oh, I like so-and-so, and this person I'd be friends with, and I think I'd do well if I was a contestant in the house with so-and-so. And then there is like this whole extra layer that is also forgotten in like game show community, where it's like, well, haven't we already seen enough physical challenges? I like the mental game. I like where you have to memorize the pattern. Or I like this game where it was just basically tug of war. That was kind of simple, and I enjoyed that because that was kind of just brute force. And things like that I kind of enjoy because it's like, oh, there's an extra layer to the game. Not only is it the players, it's the challenges themselves that people are attracted to. It's the set locales. It's all sorts of layers to this. So, uh... If you are, for some bizarre reason, a big fan of MTV's The Challenge, and you probably are listening to this and going, why is he still talking about The Challenge? I know more than this guy. You probably do, but uh, I appreciate the, like this whole challenge community because for some bizarre reason, they are very open with, with like me stepping in and talking about the show. Uh, it is like one of the most like welcoming and open-armed uh, things. And for some bizarre reason... And this is where I really want to like, before we sign out on the challenge, which is such a fantastic game show because it's, I know I, I say like how much I hate like beat the expert kind of shows because they're famous on Jeopardy. So you kind of just assume Jeopardy. I recently saw Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and they had a uh, Buzzy on and then they had uh, former Jeopardy champion Brad Rutter and those are ringers because they're Jeopardy champs. And I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. When I see that, I kind of tune out of Millionaire because to me it's like, well, if I'm watching a quiz show, then you're just giving Jeopardy the plug, not really Millionaire. This kind of seems like a secondary format. And I always hate that in a lot of shows. I hate when Big Brother brings in the, the returning players. I hate it when Survivor brings back the returning players. But for some bizarre reason, with the challenge, it's one of the rare formats where I'm like actually okay with like, hey, here's so-and-so from Big Brother. Here's so-and-so from Survivor. Here's so-and-so from three seasons ago, The Challenge. And I don't get so upset because if it was just an all-expert season with all former players, eh, I would kind of be like, oh. But with something like this, where it they're pulling from so many different shows, it kind of feels like a new kind of format. It kind of feels new, fresh, seems more inviting 
that anyone can play, anyone can play. It doesn't really matter if you were already on a reality competition show. You could be on this show. You could still probably do well. It just determines on how well you are determined and how much effort you want to do in some of these challenges. And if TJ Lavin gives you the respect or not, um, that I like the challenge bizarrely because of they pull from other contestants from other shows. This is what Grand Slam should have been for trivia experts. Or this is what uh, the Jeopardy Greatest of All Time tournament would be for fans of Big Brother and Survivor. And I guess, I guess, are you the one, even though they don't really do physical challenges that much? I mean, they do that for like the truth booth, but eh, sure. Um, that I kind of enjoy it. And I think uh, you should give this show a big chance. The the fandom, as it were, is very oh, oh like well is overwhelmingly nice and friendly, and the fucking contestants on the show who are now like mega famous social media celebrities like Johnny Bananas are like also very chill as fuck dudes, and they're like very friendly and willing to talk about anything. You talk about a game show you can talk about like other television what are they up to outside of the show is is it the production really nice and i think that's why i like this show so much is because it's just like the game show of game shows it's just any person who's been famous on a reality competition show can show up on this show where they play relatively the same games on a very easier budget with the big grandiose final challenge at the end to determine a winner. And I love that. And I like that they're not afraid to try different challenges and try different uh, modes, such as the Skull Challenge, uh, as it's proving to be quite a format point this season. Uh, So I recommend the challenge. Even if you've never seen the show before, you can pick up the most recent season. Like, it is on right now. You can watch tomorrow's episode. You'll be fine. You can understand most of the plot points. And you might actually enjoy it. Uh, I know if if you don't like rally competition shows because, I don't know, the uh, stay-at-home screaming at each other or confessional, then, yeah, you might not like it. But for me... My head's always on those competitions. My head's always on, like, strategy. What are they planning? What are they deciding to do? Is this about physical? Is this about uh, skill? Is this about uh, a puzzle? Is this about solving the puzzle correctly? Is this about a mix of two of those? I love that. And to me, as a novice about, the four, about like, the contestants and, like, oh, what have they done three seasons ago? I don't care. And it's okay that I don't care. Because it's like, oh, well, I kind of like the singing bag challenge, or I like this challenge, or that. And I break that down, and they're more than welcoming on you to do that. And I love that. So um, to all of those kids who love the challenge, stick to it, because this is such a great show. And uh, if you're not used to it, give it a second chance, because I, I enjoy it a lot, too. And uh, now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game from The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. Fortune Hunter! 
Premiere date, November 21st, 1997. 053K. Finale date, May 11th, 2000. 1444K. I forgot about that. Anyway, Fortune Hunter, it was a pricing game that offered $5,000 in cash and four prizes. Uh, each of which are between $500 and $3,000. Here's how the game works. The contestant was shown four prizes, each with a little gift box next to it. And one of those gift boxes had $5,000. The other three, empty. The host read three clues, one at a time, each instructing the contestant to knock out one of those prizes and the associate gift box. Kind of like deal or no deal. Um, Examples include eliminate a prize... It starts with a six. Eliminate the prize, which value is between fifteen hundred and two thousand. After they get rid of three boxes, the last box is placed in front of the contestant to open. If it contained five thousand dollars in cash, the contestant won all four prizes and the cash money. If the box was empty, however, the contestant won nothing. Contestants were not required to eliminate the three correct prices in any order or the clues referring to them were read. A contestant could eliminate any of the empty boxes after being read each clue, so long as they ultimately eliminated three boxes, leaving one box containing the money. Half Off, which was another pricing game, recycled this concept of finding a box filled with money and includes a similarly staged box opening reveal. So it's, you know, uh, the, the catchphrase clues, there are usually four. Eliminate the prize that's less or more than $800. Uh, eliminate the prize that's between $1,000 and $1,500. Eliminate the prize that's least expensive, most expensive. Eliminate the prize that has a price that starts with a nine. That's how it went. Uh, on his first playing, the three eliminate boxes were placed on the floor. Begin with the second playing on December 1st. Shells were added to the backs of the podium. On top of that, it's got its first win after that change. Fortune Hunter was retired because of a low REN percentage, averaging only 33%. Additionally, it was lost all nine times it was played during Season 28. It was the first game to be retired in the 2000s. The music cue used for this game was debuted in 94 on the new Price is Right. The clue and several of its variants were still used today as Price cues on the daytime show. Most number of times it was played in any season was 20, and I hated this game. I find it boring. I find this to be one of the most boring pricing games out there. And I get it. They were wanting to have that big money reveal and $5,000.97. Still, that's game, that's, that's game show minimum at the time. But I just couldn't enjoy it. And now I get it. You want to have the money and the prizes. I thought that's a good idea. But uh, I, I, I was trying to figure out, like, how could you reboot this game? And it, it's kind of tough. Like, I, all I could think of to make it kind of fun was to have it be a four digit prize and then a cash bonus and the cash bonus is always the cash equivalent of the prize so if it was like a six thousand dollar trip it's a six thousand dollar cash prize and i would have put it on a one by 100 grid that's what i would have done uh and have it be like, okay, the prize is 6,000 blank blank seven. And those two blanks correspond to the grid. So you put, four, if it's 64,037, four and three. Uh, and then you would do one dig. If you are wrong, you made a mistake, oh well. But if you had the correct row or column, you get a second chance. Other than that, that you you are out of luck. 
Uh, and you only have two chances, but you can get another one if you know this little prize is better than that. Because uh, other than that, like, there's no real like spectacle to this bear, this fortune hunter kind of game. And I kind of think if you were going to do a where's the money kind of game, half off already kind of beat you to it. But if you can do something that kind of gives a cash equivalent to a prize based on a two digits corresponding to a grid, maybe that's your chance at doing some something different to finding a cash uh, square. Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we're going to line them up. The world of game shows is not at a standstill, even though it feels that way. Uh, in fact, there was a new game show format that came out this week called Jeff's Handmade Game Show. It premiered on BYU Television, Brigham Young University Television, the same channel that gave us Battle of the Ages. Jeff's Homemade Game Show is kind of weird to explain, but follow me with this. It's There's a character of Jeff who kind of looks like a next-door neighbor dad. Like, he wears, like, a baseball shirt and a baseball hat, and it's just, like, that weird Minnesotan kind of voice. Uh, and his, the whole gimmick is he loves game shows, so he wants to help families out by bringing a game show to them because, you know, most game shows are in L.A. and New York, but I want to help everyone out by going across the country and making a game show in their homes. Uh and that's ex- pretty much the premise, is he brings a U-Haul truck <laughs> to the, the, the front door of a house, and they play little games, and then they win money. Now, when you tell me that's the premise, the immediately I comes to mind things like Opportunity Knocks, uh, game shows like Beat the House on Nick at Night, and I just have that, that sinking feeling that this is not going to be good. However... Where they have done wrong, this show has done in success because this show, with its limited budget and its limited access to a lot of things, somehow has made a show that's wholesome, that's family-friendly, and kind of interesting to watch. Now, there is no real play along to the show unless you know the expiration dates behind a family member's condiment, which would be kind of creepy. But the essentially the gimmick is he has a junk box full of gag prizes and he has a mystery key box. And that's the only two things you need to know as the consolations. He shows up to the house and then he plays five games. For each game that you get right, you win money. And not only do you get money... Uh, he also removes one of the bad keys, kind of like uh, Hollywood Squares. You know, it'll take away one of the bad keys. Uh, this this little act with the removing the bad key doesn't really play a role if you win the grand prize game, but it's kind of like the second chance challenge, um, which I kind of enjoy. as kind of like a, well, it's not over yet. Because of what happened, this could be done. Uh, so... You have a challenge. If you complete it based on the items in your home, you win money, and that's and and you remove a bad key. If you fail, however, you don't get the money, but you do get like a gag prize, kind of like, oh, here's like a shoe, or here's some rubber gloves, or here's a potato masher, some something that's like very silly, kind of like 
clearly like like a gag gift, but not like in a like mean kind of way. Just kind of like in a silly, jokey, very Nickelodeon kind of humor. Like, oh, here's some old socks of mine. Congrats. Uh, so I'm going to the first episode's now out. This is free, by the way. Uh, you can watch the first episode right now at BYUTV.org. Uh, and, and watch it if you want. It's, that's up to you. Uh, so it, it, I watched it. I liked it. Uh, let me explain, like, basically what we saw in this episode. The premise was we introduced the family. They're a family of dancers. The dad runs a dance studio. Uh, and because it's a family game show and that was their whole premise, you ha- and you can't have a play-along uh, a lot of producers know this. If there's no way to do a play-along, what you have to do is figure out a way to make the audience root for the family. So what they did was minor sob story, but not in the way of like, oh, we should really feel bad for them and the, the, like most game shows. Instead, they took the negative, uh, the hardship, and turned it into a positive. So in this case, the dad has a hearing disability and can't barely hear, but he runs a dance studio, which involves music, so he runs on beat rather than the music being played. And so so the entirety of the show is a mix of dancing with the family and games, and then in two acts, it's, so what made you want to do this? What do people mistake? And Jeff goes from, like, wacky host to kind of like a fascinating, like, I would actually say a good game show host in that regard of he's asking the right questions to the the dad and the family that most game show hosts kind of just ignore. So for the hearing disabled dad who runs a dance studio, instead of let's have a sob story about it, it's kind of a happy story about like, well, it shows that, you know, anyone can dance if you put your heart to it. It doesn't matter. We can all do this together. My family loves and supports me, and I support them, and lots of people in my neighborhood go here, and it's great. And I'm like, oh, that's just a fascinating story. Like, that's actually like, oh, man, I root for this kids. Then the kids are all kind of silly. Clearly, one's a teenager, one's a little kid. Like, it's your basic family perfect first episode cast for what the show premise is maybe this was the pilot i do not know um but it was good the first game was so fucking simple and i will curse because this is my show and i'm allowed to curse sorry brigham young university television it's a family game show but i will say the first fucking game (laughs) anyway um so game one was called loose change and the premise was so easy the idea is you bring in $3 in loose change. You can't like just grab like the piggy bank and call it there. You it has to be loose change, you know, backpacks, sofa cushions, you name it. If you can bring back $3 or more in 60 seconds, you get $100 and they take away one bad key. If you fail, however, you win something from the junk box, which is a consolation prize. <laughs> in game two, uh, Jeff, the host, uh, took 10 items from around the house, like just all over and basically made a shadow puppet. Like I'm going to hold up like a candlestick to the, to the screen. Can you guess what this is? A boxing glove, uh, 
a spoon, stuff like that. And if you can figure out six of the 10 items in 30 seconds, they get $200, otherwise another junk prize. Uh, in between the games, you get little funny skits and sketches. So you get Jeff being like a weird game show creep, like, I love game shows and I want to help families out. And then you get like the stories of these families and what makes them interact and things they enjoy doing together in a uplifting way that a lot of family game shows don't even bother caring about. Mostly when it comes to a family game show, they really love either separating the family members out so everyone's a character and they all add each other's odds, or they're all unilaterally some sort of like all in agreement, yeah, that's great, we love... No, this is really just like a... We don't care. Do what you want. If you want to just like grab a soda real quick and just drink it during the game, we don't care. Just just have fun. Just don't like show the label. We'll be fine. So it was very chillax. It's a very chillaxing family game show that was really done if I hate to say on the cheap end, but it's such a fascinating show on how such a limited budget created a show that I was engaged from the beginning to end, and in, in a good way, not in a, wow, this is bad way, in a good way. Uh, they have funny green screen skits. Hey, let's dance together. So here at Dance Teacher, how do you teach dancing? Show me. And they do that. And it's like, wow, okay, so this is kind of fun. This is kind of like we're learning about the family. Everything is interesting. Everything feels like, I have to say scripted and formatted, but in a way that it's like, hey, this feels like they wanted to have some extra stuff. Hey, while we're here, can we do this? Sure. Instead of a let's force it on the family that we do this, which is a lot of family game shows, especially an ambush game show. Most ambush family game shows like Bet the House or whatever, it's, yeah, we're going to have a studio. Is that great? Now can we do this? Yeah, that's great. Oh, is this okay? Yeah, that's great. This just feels very like it really felt like they maybe had like five people in the entire house that's from the family like the camera guy jeff an audio person maybe an assistant and maybe like someone who's a key logger taking notes of what's been going on other than that nobody else was in that damn house and it just like it showed in its execution in a way that Everyone would assume it's like someone just took a camcorder to their house and played a game show, and I like that. I like that a lot in this. I'll explain that in just a bit. Game three, Kitchen Quandary. This is a two-part game because the technically game four that they played was not technically round four. It was a bonus game, so we're merging the two together in this. Uh, all they had to do was the mom uh, has to explain ten items. Uh, inst and it was basically like just just uh, don't say it, bring it. Uh, that that weird format that I keep seeing all over the place, but never came to the United States. So, uh, you use this to eat cereal with. So the answer is spoon. The family has to run in the kitchen where they are, find the spoon, and present it to the host. If they can get five of the ten items in sixty seconds, they get three hundred dollars. And I thought, that's a classic game show. That's great because it's here. It, you have an action. So you'll see like doors opening, people just like filing through like, oh, what's going on here? And, the, and that there that shows movement. And to me, there's that ticking clock. So you're engaged in the show. You want to see them when, yeah, it's 300 bucks. Oh, no, that's not a lot of money. Who cares? 
it's not really about the money. It was kind of about like, oh, it's a family game show. It's kind of fun. 300 bucks is still a lot of money to some people. And when I saw this challenge, I thought, now we have a winner here because now this is a second part of, of a bigger show. We're now in the kitchen. So now we know they're in the kitchen. What do you have in the kitchen? Basic items in the kitchen. Bring an item in the kitchen. You win. Then they get into a bonus challenge. In the bonus challenge, uh, this, this was very funny. It's called the Condiment Calendar Challenge. Uh, one of the family members has 15 seconds on this. Jeff will bring one item from the refrigerator that they have. And all they have to do is predict rather that condiment with the expiration date is either A, 30 days over the expiration date, B, 30 days under the expiration date, or it expires today. If they are correct, they get $300 and they get two bonus keys removed. Whoa, that's double the stakes. So if you're counting along at home, that's $600 and up to this point. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's actually a fun little game. Because like, it's like it's two games in the kitchen. One's a very quickie game, but very silly in, in a way that kind of reminds me of like broke-ass game show and other things where it's just like something that is around the world, like something that you never really think of became a game. So, so something like is the next, like which of these people is going to make the crosswalk first, left or right? Or in the case of broke uh, of this show, is the expiration date now uh, earlier or this expired? And that's like that's actually like a clever little challenge, and I like that. So that's where I want to get before I get to the big finale here. Um, the best part about this show, and this is what I really love, is. Yes, it's in the house. Yes, there's a family. Yes, there's no play along. But Jeff is encouraging you, the viewers at home, to submit games. Jeff is encouraging you to play the games with your family at home as well. It, it's this kind of thing where it's, we want the families to play these games. We want you, the kids, to submit games, play games. If you have funny items you want to send over, let us know. We want to know. We want to interact. This game, like, he really wants this to be, a, even though it's a family game show, he really wants this to be, like, a big project. Like, he wants, and I don't know if it's the character of Jeff or the whole production team, but they want that whole family environment. They want, like, everyone to submit things, play the games, enjoy yourself. This will be fun. Uh, and to me, that's the genius part of it because it's the stuff in your house becomes the game and it's played with a family. So you don't really think about it so much. Uh, so we go into game five. This is the, uh, the penultimate game. This is the last game with money on the line. Uh, it is called sock shuffleboard. This is game four. Uh, I will say it's game five. All they got is socks. They rolled up the pairs into balls, and all they have to do is slide it like bowling into a box. They taped up a, a corner of their house, and you just got to slide socks from one end of the room to a box. If you can get eight in 60 seconds, you get $600. Yeah, so ultimately, they can get up to 1500 bucks in cash. Hooray. Now, that money is theirs no matter what happens. Remember, if they fail, they get a silly gag gift, and there's set, and there's eight keys. Um, 
Each of the keys has a wacky keychain. Jeff gives a silly anecdote of what that key is really for, like a gym or a pizza place or something else. And then it goes into the last act of the show. This is where it's supposed to be more dramatic, but as I kept saying, there's no stakes in this game. You want there to be stakes, but it's played because of the budget for very little stakes. It's not even played for like, this is life-changing. This is simply just... Let's have fun here. Let's play games with your family. And the final game was called Dance Mash Memory Game because families, you get it. So they play music and it's like musical chairs. There's eight chairs and each of the chairs has a pillow. Under that pillow is a score. They have three chances to get 500 points. If they sit in the pillow and they get the the score of 500 or more, they win the grand prize. It's in the back of the truck. That was what they've been playing along with all along with the little keys. So no find the mystery key remove game. You've already won it by default. You've won the show. Congratulations. Three attempts at it, which was, by the way, very simple game. It felt very easy. Um, but uh, it didn't really do so well on it. And I think that was the intent. Like, oh, you failed. Oh, that sucks. Um but what 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 was fun is if you fail this challenge, instead of like, oh, that's it, the game's over, which would be most games, just like, you fail, you get the consolation prize, you get the gag gift, or you had a good time, whatever. This grand prize finale has a second part, the consolation second part. Well, you didn't win on this challenge, but because of all the keys you eliminated, you're now down to three of these keys. If you can figure out which of these keys unlocks the back of the truck... You win the grand prize. And uh, luck will have it. They pick the right key and they open up the truck. And the grand prize, I will say, because I haven't told you at all what the grand prize is, actually kind of better than I expected. Normally, I I think of like, oh, it's going to be like, because this is like lower budget tier. So we're going to see like, you won a keyboard and you won a trip to Great Moose Lodge or some like smaller tier like resort. Uh, it wasn't that. It actually was, I will say, equal tier to better prizes on a hol- on family game night. And and by the way, these were really good prizes. So, what was in the truck that was the grand prize? All sorts of things. It was just assorted things like. Stuff around the house, stuff for teens, some for kids, stuff for. So there was a HD tel- There was a 4K television in the back. There was laptop computers with a sound mixer because they know they love music so much. So we got music for you. They got new pots and pans. They got new cutlery. They got uh, a, a, like great silverware. I think they got like uh, a, like some toys for the kid. Like it was like a sorted mixture of everything for the family that everyone would enjoy. That would be tailored to almost anyone, and it was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. This was like maybe four thousand to five thousand dollar prize package uh, in the back of the truck, and the opening it up was the surprise. But because they have to make sure, no matter what, it ends on a high note, and this was the big surprise. They did the uh, well, that's not all, and then in the right out behind the truck was the friends and family of them. Who run the dance? Who like either go to the dance studio or know who they are? 
and uh, this was the outside of the prize. So I'm led to believe, even if they didn't win the grand prize, this was going to be an act because you want it in on a high note. And if this was, you went on a high note because of what's been going on in the story that they've been trying to tell about the family. That uh, a hearing aid company heard about them, the friends and family raised money, and they are given a state-of-the-art hearing aid for the dad so they can hear music and help with talking and communicating with their clientele. And the dad was like, like finally like sobbing for a bit. And it's like, I did not know this was going to happen. I thought this was just like a real weird ass, like silly game with friends. And then suddenly like friends and family show up and go, we support you. We love you. Here's something that we think you would like. And they was like, it was like a heartfelt moment. And then it's like, wow, I didn't expect that to be on this show. And it worked. It actually worked. Normally, I will go, oh, no, this is a stunt. This is a stunt. This didn't feel like a stunt. This felt like this was intended to happen in a way that leaves the audience and the contestants that we were looking at the entire time with a feel good at the end of the day. So it's like, I feel satisfied watching this show. This was great for what amounted to what felt like a weird dad neighbor guy with like the weird Minnesota accent uh, doing this like silly game show with their stuff in a way that's, you know, not like let's break your thing. It's just like, Hey, can you figure out like what, 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 what color is the spoon in this drawer kind of games? It worked on a multitude of levels in a way that, I feel like this is a great concept. The interactivity is a great concept. This is a kind of format that even I would have been like, this is genius. This is great. This is a weird network. I can't think of a network that would have this. This now Bingham Young University Television apparently took the risk on this show and it works. Yes, it feels very low budget. Yeah, the, the, but like it feels like something that they would have like 50 episodes of and air it in a repeat order similar to House Hunters on HGTV. It is the House Hunters of Brigham Young Television uh, in terms of a game show and in terms of watchability. Like, I want to know what the next family is. I want to know what new games are going to play. What kind of silly challenges are they going to do? Because they're never mean-spirited. It's not mean like True for Dare. It's never about fighting. It's always It's kind of like minute to win it but with games that are more silly in the way of like you can play it at home. And in this weird quarantine world that we are in, the games that you're seeing, yeah, I'm pretty sure people put tape on their floor and throw socks on the box because they're bored. It works. It really does work. I can't figure out what to really change about the show. I will give it a solid B+. The only reason I will lower it to like the B's instead of the A's, even though I enjoy the show, is simply put, I, I would think like maybe they should like be more imaginative with some games. I think it's just the variety of the challenges that made it a B plus. Uh the contestants were great, the editing points were great. I think it really was just kinda like the here's a wacky stunt with Jeff as uh, game shows and do 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 
And I, I think they really want to focus. They don't know where they want to go. If they focus on Jeff and the weird comedy he's doing, or do you want to focus on the family and what they're up to? That that's the mixed signal, and that's why it's a B plus. I think the let's ask for games is a great idea, and I think you if this does end up signal boosting to a lot more homes, you might see more social awareness of this show. And I enjoy this show, and I do recommend. Like this is if I don't recommend it for everybody, but if you want to watch a good family game show. There's a lot of bad ones, and this is one of the rare good ones, and I recommend you watch Jeff's Homemade Game Show. I really wish we can change the Time's Up sound. I'll probably change that next episode. Anyway, that means we're out, of, we're out of time today. I know. It's almost like that always happens now. Anyway, thank you so much for stopping by here on Game Shows, I suppose. Check me on Twitter at JordanHaw, J-O-R-D-H-A. You can listen to other episodes of this podcast at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. You want to chat with other people, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash gameshowspodcast. Uh, we are available on pretty much wherever podcasts are available. So Apple Podcasts, we're available on Google Play, we're on Spotify, we're, we're on Stitcher, you name it, we're there. And I want to thank you again for tuning in. Do the rate. Do the comment. Let me know what game shows you want to see me talk about, and I'll get right down to it. Join me next time when I'll be talking about another great game show, I suppose. Until then, big smooch. Mwah!